It's time to roll up those joints, pack those bowls, and fire up those nails. Because you're listening to Blazin' with Bobby Black on Cannabis Radio. Greetings, Cannafam. This is Bobby Black welcoming you to part two of our Hash Month grand finale here on Blazin'. If you've been listening throughout the month of July, you know that I've been speaking with the top names in hash all month long, including Frenchie Cannoli, Hash Queen Mila, and Bubble Man Marcus Richardson. And if you listen to part one of our grand finale, you heard me sit down with Kind Bill, the inventor of Live Resin, at the Hitman Coffee Shop in L.A., and you also know that there in the building with us was Kind Bill's friend and partner, Rye Pritchard, who I'm sure all of you know from the Viceland series, Bong Appetit. When that episode ended, we had just wrapped up our interview with Kind Bill, and now we're going to pick up right where we left off. So without further ado, here is part two of our Hash Month Grand Finale, my interview with Rye Pritchard. And we are now welcoming to the microphone Kind Bill's partner, my friend, and uh, I've been his editor, and he's the author of the Origins of Live Resin story that ran in High Times that we spoke about earlier from Bang Appetit, Mr. Rye Pritchard. How are you, man? Great, man. Good to see you. <laughs> Good to see you. Wow, you know, you, let me tell you something. Your voice over the microphone, smooth, man. <laughs> that's, that's, it's so funny. The uh, like, We've had three different sound guys like intermittently on the show, and all of them have said that to me dude, out of nowhere. It's you have a weird. voice that's like perfect for radio, <laughs> dude. Well, you, good. You well, I got a like, face that's perfect for radio, too. You should host like a, you know, his, uh, you know, Bang Appetit After Dark. You know? <laughs> uh, hi, everyone. We're here to discuss Bang Appetit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to melt some dark chocolate all over this Let's honey. recap the terms we used in this episode, everyone. Dude, I'm serious, man. I, I... So one of the things that we talked about, though, was doing, like, Bong Appetit leftovers, because after after we cook, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a show, you know, so we, right, we right. probably overbuy food sometimes and whatever just to make sure. So we always have a shitload of stuff left. Sometimes it's, like, these amazing things that these chefs make, and I'm always like, how do I make eggs with this shit in the morning? <laughs> so I think I think it'd be, a, it'd be a cool, like, little web series, so we might we might do that coming up. But Cool. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Uh, I'm gonna dab in me, I think. Here, yeah, what are you? Some which one are you going for? Um, I'm, I'm on OGs. I like I like OGs. Try the kosher. Oh, the kosher. Oh, yeah. All right, yeah, I'll do that. I'll try the kosher. Yeah. Try the kosher. <laughs> um, yeah, man. So it's it's uh yeah it's cool it's uh, it's it's been a real whirlwind on the show and <laughs> and you know walking around town and people running up to me and stuff it's a um, it's very very strange not used to it at all so. yeah welcome to pot stardom man <laughs> I, I i started uh, experiencing that back at high times you know yeah. i was uh, uh, one of the first high times pot stars and most a lot of people when i started there a lot of high times people were like flying way under the radar like nobody <laughs> wanted a big public image or profile i yeah. was one of the first people of that era to you know say fuck this man i'm i'm living the life yeah, i want to yeah. be on blast you know what i mean mm-hmm. like and right. it was just as social media was starting to take off too so you know hence bobby black but tell me how you guys met and how you guys uh, became friends and formed your partnership um I, I i've like been racking my brain trying to think of the the very first time i met bill but i know the um you know, we, we cross paths at cannabis cups and stuff like that. Right. Um, but I, I'm, I'm trying to think. Do you remember the very first? <laughs> I, I don't even no, know. I mean, it's I know funny. that my first interaction with you would have been on, like, the High Country Flower thread. Oh, yeah. On, totally. Um, 
I've seen that magazine. That's funny. I probably didn't even realize that was you. Right. right. I, I didn't put the pieces right. together. I, I should go that look at that. KB thing. <laughs> That, that, you know, kind of was an accident. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's funny. I mean, so, so yeah, I mean, we, we have a ton of crossover of, like, friend groups and things like that. I think um, I met Bill directly and kind of put together who he was and stuff like that through our mutual friend, Philip, um, you know, Tierra Rojo. Um, so, you know, I was, I was working with him at, at a grow, um, that he was working at and I was helping with photos and promotion, all that stuff. And then he left that facility and then, um, that's around the time that I met Bill was around the, the time yep. of the golden goat. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I remember the, one of the first, the first batch of the live resin, we were, we were at the, the hood lab, Adam Dunn's place in right. Denver, um, the old, the old hood lab. And, uh, and I, I was hanging out there. I, I was part of TC Labs at the time, and we were just, you know, slamming out shatter and wax and yeah, whatever. Yeah, I remember. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, at, at that point, everybody was very skeptical of, you know, anything that was sugared or anything like that. I mean, it seems like ancient history now when ev- literally everybody's dabbing sauce and shit. Yeah, like I, remember, um, I was discussing that. We were discussing that <laughs> earlier about how people would say, oh, that stuff auto-buttered. I don't want that. And that's when I liked it the most. I was yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah, flavorful, it yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we, we were sitting there hanging out, and um, Bill came through. Uh, with I think four different varieties or three different varieties, um, the Trey Star, which was the first batch I think ever made. Yep. Um, the uh, there was a Flow and there was an ECPC, which that was the one that that uh, was was sort of given to me as like here try this, like this will fuck your world up, and <laughs> and it did, and it, it it literally changed the direction of what I do with my career. Like prior to that, I was like, oh yeah, I like getting high, I do dabs, whatever, shatter. Um, but now live resin put me on the course of flavor. Um, and that's in cannabis, that's in food. You know, I was dabbling with, with nice food and stuff like that. But really at that point is when I started, I, the switch flipped in my brain. I'm like, oh shit, there, there are higher levels to everything. And I discovered higher levels to bacon and higher levels to, to wine. And, with, you know, I mean, all, all, all the great things in life, you know, have, have levels. And so I think, um, you know, meeting Bill and as, especially after we started working together and really got to know each other, um, it really like elevated who I am as a person and as like a connoisseur and changed the way that I really think about the world. You know, it changes the way I see the world. I, I look at plants and flowers now and I smell them to see if they have a crazy aroma to see if we can extract them later. It's, it's just, it's a whole different thing. So, I mean, you know, Bill really changed my, my trajectory. So. Yeah, it's all about the terps, man. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> all about the terps, yeah. The terp life, yeah. Right on, man. Yeah, I'm the same. I feel the same way, you know. And I was saying that when, when I was talking to Bill earlier about when Giddy first gave me my first, showed me the live resin at the cup, and, and I got to taste it. And it was like, it totally changed it for me. Like, I mean, again, I, I like butters. I like shatters. I smoke normal hash. I smoke wheat. Everything, yeah. you know. But, like, this is like, wow, this is something different this is something a little bit a little bit nicer you know and i've been a live resume man ever since yeah i mean it's it's hard it's hard for me like unless i'm really 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 impressed by the uniqueness or the something about shatter i just i cannot smoke shatter anymore i'm, <laughs> I'm just i'm just i'm just done with yeah. it it's, it's just not not nearly as good of a product yeah. and um you know i mean and, i'll do it if, if somebody if i'm at a house <laughs> yeah, yeah, someone yeah. offers it to yeah. me yeah i'm not gonna be rude yeah, but it's, yeah. um but yeah i mean if, if i'm if i'm going into any place and buying something off the shelf it's definitely not going to be made from dry material if i can avoid it yeah, yeah. it's just you, you lose over 90 percent of the terpenes in the drying process um the handling i mean that's one of the biggest things that people forget about with live resin is like there's far less handling there's far less hands there's far less time there's far less you know all, all that shit that, yeah. that degrades the product dust um, 
dust. Yeah, everything. Yeah. Exposure. Yeah. yeah, exposure to the environment. So when you're hanging a plant dry, there's dust everywhere, and there's shit flying around in the air. <laughs> yeah. You know, and yeah. unless you have like a hermetically sealed curing room, it's just not a thing. No. So um, it really, you know, for a commercial operation and even for you know for home operations, it's really it's so much cleaner, so much easier. All you need is a freezer, and you know, and you can get it done. So <laughs> right on, right yeah. on. You've obviously become a huge expert on terps and on uh, live <laughs> resin and all that good stuff. Uh, of course, we mentioned earlier that you did the live resin story in high times. Yep. Um, and uh, now what you've done with the Terps is you've incorporated it into your show, Bong Appetit, and you, you, you include Terps in different combinations with food and you do sort of do like terp pairings too right yeah um so that's actually how i got involved with bong appetite i um our mutual friend jason pinsky reached out to me and <laughs> and uh shout outs to uh shout ter- out ter- to pinsky. um so the he, king uh, of uh, the king of canada <laughs> king, m- m- mr ter- terp stash himself um yeah so he uh he reached out to me because he's like hey i'm i'm working on this this thing with vice and i think that you'd be good for it and you should pitch an episode so i, I basically wrote the description and and you know information about the episode that I was going to do which ended up being the fifth episode of the first season um, that was basically a terp quest um, you know terp quest is is the company that I'm doing with um, you know dinner parties and flavor experiences um, and so you know we we set it up where we had you know a coursed meal um, in between or you know complimentary as the food hit the table the dab hit the table as well so that they can take take a bite of the food take take a drink we had an amazing uh, woman named Devin Tarby who's who's the best cocktail person I've ever met and she was there doing cocktails as well so we were able to pair cocktails food and dabs all together and the real magic of that concept is that they all interplay together they um, if you have something bitter and then you dab something sweet the sweetness is accentuated if you you know and vice versa so you can really like unlock flavors within flavors and you can change the the way that a dab hits your palate if you have something else on your palate already um and it's and and they're complementary and they work together they contrast whatever so um that's how that's how i got involved originally and then um you know they decided they needed a co-host and all this stuff so i, I pitched ideas for all 10 episodes and then that's how i got the gig so um, but yeah i mean it's 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 been really enriching to work with chefs and see how their eyes get wide when they see our cabinet not just uh, our pantry not just because it's loaded with an insane amount of weed and hash but because they they innately understand that this now gives them an entire new repertoire of ingredients and aromas and that's that's i mean aroma is flavor aroma yeah. changes everything about especially about beverages um so when we showed like terpenes to devon tarby she was like holy shit you know that you can take anything any direction with these things you know i think one of the most amazing things about the cannabis plant is is the genetic diversity that's in it i mean there's there's no other plant that i'm aware of that possesses so many different essential oils and expresses scent and, and, and flavor in so many different ways. And, and then you also have the effect part that comes behind it. So unlike wine and other things that you pair with, cannabis has effects as well. So, you know, a rosé versus a red, I mean, it's not really going to do much different to you. You're going to get the same amount of drunk. Um, but, <laughs> uh, but, you know, we can, you can kind of direct the experience because something like live resin is so terpene rich that you can really take somebody up, take them down. You know, you can build them to like 
the peak of a meal and then kind of relax them with, with stuff as it goes down as you move into like, you know, after dinner and desserts and coffee. Um, so, I mean, it's, 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 it's really amazing. I mean, we've, we've worked with, with incredible chefs, um, you know, coming up, we have an iron chef that's on the show. Um, so it's, uh, you know, and and also, uh, you know, a 75 year old or, you know, I don't know how old she is, but you know, she's, she's a a, a wonderful older lady. Yes. And, uh, and she's, she's one of the leading Jewish cookbook authors in the world and won James Beard awards and stuff like that. So, I mean, we, we have really cool stuff planned for the upcoming uh, season. So. Awesome, man. Yeah. I'm excited for it. I've been enjoying the show. Uh, it's really cool to, aside from it just being a good show, it's always cool when you get to see people you know, people you like, yeah. doing their thing and succeeding. It's great, man. I'm super happy for you. I don't know that much about your past, like what your childhood was like as far as <laughs> like your first cannabis experience. Well, both of my parents are cannabis users. Um, when I was a teenager, I didn't really put that all together. I sort of had, you know, I would like go into the garage and it would smell a little weird or whatever. But I was I was young enough where I didn't really get it fully. Um, and so I like independently found my love of cannabis apart from my parents. But we, we smoke together all the time now and stuff and uh, went, to, went to Amsterdam with my dad when I was 19. And that was maybe the most formative experience turning me into a quote unquote connoisseur um, was, you know, going into Barney's and having all the vaporizers set up on the counter sure. and taking my, you know, uh, my recording. Uh, uh, Declining Buddha or whatever that I just purchased and putting it in there and then taking, you know, the haze that I just purchased and putting it in there and, and the flavor that you get from that totally changed my world. So, um, you know, I first started smoking weed when I was 15. We emptied out a cigarette and put some swag in it yeah, and yeah. listened to Warren G regulators. And, and that was, uh, you know, that was, that was the first time I was just with, you know, my buddies from, uh, from high school. And, you know, I was like, oh, this is cool. I like this, you know, but then I didn't, I didn't really understand Again, there's levels to it. You know, yeah. there's, there's levels to everything, and and I, I thought that was weed. I thought Schwag was weed. I thought that was it. Um, I, didn't well, I was know. very similar in Brooklyn where I was growing up. Like we yeah. got dime bags and nickel bags when I was a kid. <laughs> that and, was the two and, kinds of weed, right? And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and it was super swaggy, and that's all we knew. Like that's all I knew. And my parents also smoked, but they kept it secret, you know. Mm-hmm. And we didn't breach that until later, you know. <laughs> yeah. And then it all was fine. But like, all well, we had access to was swaggy stuff. And then the first time I, I ever saw like hash was some dude got mm-hmm. some. This older metalhead kid got some. Hey, I got some hash, man. And it was like a, a dry black chunk of mm-hmm. something that who knows if it was even hash. <laughs> yeah, totally. but, you know, could have been from the bottom um, of the shoe. But uh, you know, going to Amsterdam, <laughs> like you said, when we're going to Barney's. But for me, it was the Bluebird because the yeah. Bluebird has that ridiculous binders full of hash, man. Mm-hmm. You know. And when I first got to Amsterdam uh, for the first time with High Times back in 94, mm-hmm. it opened up the whole world for me because there's all these kinds of hashes. So that became like every year when I would go to the club, mm-hmm. I would like put hash in my underwear and like, you know, like <laughs> take yeah, back well, as much as I yeah. could because I was like, this is going to, and then I built like a little hash cellar, you know, yeah, like, awesome. so that I could, you know, sip on it, different stuff throughout mm-hmm. the year and then refill you know, the next year. But that's how gangsta it was. That's how all it was. This was before 9-11, so you, you could just... <laughs> yeah, I mean, as, it, yeah. a, as a High Times dude, mm-hmm. I would fly, I would just crotch like an ounce or a half ounce, at a, you know, and yeah. just like stick it, you know. It's 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 hermetically sealed. There's nothing, <laughs> yeah, yeah, nothing a, gross about it. Extra curing. Yeah, it's a, yeah. It gets a little compressed, like, a, like the brick, you know, yeah, like yeah. when you get from Mexico. Mm-hmm. But still, perfectly fine smoke. Yeah. Perfectly fine, untainted smoke. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's so funny that, you know, the, the cannabis world is only as big as your personal world is. You know, if you don't, if you live in a place where you don't have access to 
you know, high-grade cannabis if you don't know a grower. I mean, I, you know, honestly, I even even in Colorado, I wasn't traveling in the right circles for a long time. And, like, I, you know, one of my friends got some train wreck, and that was the first, like, quote-unquote kind bud that I had ever seen. And I don't even know if it was train wreck or whatever, but it was just, it was, you know, a nice, big, beautiful bud, and it was so sticky and amazing. We, like, stuck it to the wall. And looking back, it was probably not cured fully, and they probably <laughs> ripped him off because he was a high school kid buying weed from him. Um, but but it, but it was amazing, you know, and that's, that's where I was like, oh, shit, there's there's more to this and then I started looking up train wreck and then I discovered overgrow.com and that's what really like changed my world where I was like holy shit what there's so much of the stuff going on there's all these people doing this incredible work I've never seen like I would see like bushy older growers photos and stuff like that and I was like that is I don't even know what I'm looking at but I'm like innately drawn to it overgrow um, was a big deal it was man. insane it, it became yeah, it a big deal and I remember you know, when it first started surfacing, and we knew that it was seemed like it wasn't meant to last. You know, because it started to draw attention. Let's <laughs> yeah. say, you know. Yeah, and I mean, uh, a venue like that was so important because prior to that, the only way that growers could communicate was knowing each other. I mean, a lot of it was like on on tour or whatever. That's that's where a lot of the growers would meet. They're like, oh, you're from where? And you're from this? Oh, I'm on tour with the band, and I yeah, whatever. So that that's where a lot of that happened. And um, you know, and so the internet completely changed the the course of how cannabis works. Now people are able to trade clones from the East Coast to the West Coast. They're able to send them, you know, get stuff from the UK and Europe and wherever else. Um, so I mean, it, it, that that the importance of that site and the discussions that happen there and also like stuff on ICMAG and some of the other things that follow those those forums are the holders of all the good information um, and so off of that point that's how I kind of really got started I dug into all the forums I started reading all that stuff and that's where I got my interest in strains and genetics and breeders and seed banks and all that stuff um, and so I was working at the University of Colorado Denver um, just working in the financial aid office doing my thing and I was a little unhappy with that and uh, the, the holder memo came down and then dispensaries started really opening. Prior to that point, it was like Derek from Incredibles and a, and a handful <laughs> of other people that had dispensaries. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I, you know, uh, my friend Jake Brown um, from also for the of the cannabis. Um, we have we have a long history. We actually met on an underground uh, hip hop forum. So um, he yeah. we were talking on there, and he's like, "Oh, I'm from Denver too." And then he told me how to get my red card, which is you know what we called the recommendations in Colorado. And uh, and so that's when I was like, "Oh, I can." get a card and go buy weed in a store and so he actually got me on that path and then we ended up working at the cannabis together and doing a bunch of other stuff which is funny but uh um so yeah i mean i is that I started, how you became involved with the cannabis um no <laughs> no it's i mean that that was, it was that was just ancient history i mean that was that was in 2009 um and so after after that i i would just go around to dispensaries with a little usb microscope and i would just take photos of the bud and talk about them and do do like a review you know i'd break it down appearance taste you know all the typical stuff that's everywhere now um there wasn't a lot of people doing that i think like nugget tree and a handful of other people were doing yeah. reviews um but i really tried to make them super detailed i tried to talk a lot about the genetics and the history um and so i got picked up by a company called kind reviews which was reviewing a bunch of shops around denver um and we you know we blew up the bruce banner and we did stuff like that um but uh you know i i took over as the editor and photographer for that site um and so, you know, during during the years of 2010 through 2013, we reviewed over 500 strains with, 
you know, a crew of people giving me feedback and me kind of parsing it together and then, you know, spitting it out and taking photos. So I had, I have a huge archive of stuff from that time. And a lot of it was, I know you mentioned Rare Dankness earlier and, and I mentioned Tierra Rojo. I mean, we had all these breeding projects from these guys that are now in, you know, 15 states and all across the world with their genetics. Um, you know, I took photos of most of the stuff as that was happening. So, I mean, it's, it's really, yeah. it's, I, I've been super fortunate to be a part of the Denver and Colorado cannabis scene and the people that are in there because now that model and those those operators generally are the ones that are going all across the country and world. So Yeah, and that's so, something that we haven't really touched on is your photography, which is amazing. Yeah. Uh, you have a company, right, RP Media, that you do your photos through? Yeah, um, yeah. So I, um, you know, I've, I've done photos independently, you know, uh, with Kind Reviews, and then after that I've I moved on and I've just been doing them independently since 2013. Um, I... Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a macro specialist. I mean, there's there's a handful of us in the world, like yeah, Bubble Man and, and uh, Schwale and, uh, you know, Eric from Nug Shots and all these guys. Lockfoot. Um, yeah, Lockfoot, yeah. Um, yeah, RIP. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it, you know, it's, uh, it, it's it's a special thing to be a cannabis photographer. You know, it's, it's given me yeah. a lot of access to things that I would have completely never had access to. Um, it, you know, introduced me to, uh, you know, Rick uh, Rick Cusick, new, new Tierra Rojo, and he, he met me at a convention in 2010, and that's when I got the connection with High Times. Um, he saw my photos, and Phil talked me up a lot, of course. And uh, and so, you know, Rick, Rick was the first one that was like, hey, send me some photos, man, you know, and so uh, I sent some photos of uh, Phillip's gear and Scott from her Dankness's gear and Adam's stuff um, and you guys did like the Breeding Denver's Nuggets article so that was that was my very first um, time like being being published as a photographer um, and it's been kind of a crazy ride from there yeah, yeah. but uh but yeah so you know I, I, I do I do photos of, of grow rooms and dried buds and stuff like that um, I, I feel like you know photography has surpassed me a little bit a lot of these guys are really doing some high level stuff with microscope lenses and all this shit and I, I just have not had the time to stay up on it as much but um, now that I'm moving out to Cali I really want to do the same thing that I did for Colorado and really catalog the beginning of the the industry as it becomes a, a true industry and as companies vertically integrate and as they determine the 30 strains they're going to grow for the rest of time all this kind of stuff um, you know I want to be there to document that because I mean California is the birthplace of most of the weed that people smoke and think is good and it was the birthplace know? of legalization absolutely 215 too yep. yeah I mean this is the center of the cannabis world now yep. it was Denver for a while they they <laughs> they had the center of gravity for a while there. Yeah. But I think it's it's shifting, and that and you be you coming out here, and Giddy coming out here, and, yeah. and many other people coming out here. Bill mm -hmm. uh, is, I think, testament to. I mean, it's exciting to see what's about yeah. to happen here. You know, it's a great time to be alive as a stoner, don't you think? In uh, yep. California, hundred uh, percent, and well, and, and in the world. I mean, you know, the the impact of California as the world's fifth largest economy or whatever. I mean, cannot be understated. I mean, the ha having having legal cannabis in this market is so important to getting cannabis legal nationwide and worldwide um, the way that it's handled is going to be super important um, which is why I think you know the, the operators here and and the regulators and the people who are trying to be involved in the industry are trying to be super careful about how they put it together and how they and fortunately they have the experience of other states that now have recreational programs to build off of so hopefully it'll it'll go smoothly and it'll serve as a, as a shining example that you know a state of this size with so many diverse populations and whatever can can really nail it and turn it into a multi 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 billion dollar business um, I mean there's more people that smoke weed in California than live in Colorado 
like every man, woman, and child in Colorado, you know, combined, yeah. is, is not even the market of, of LA. So it's, um, you know, and with new people learning about cannabis, you know, with, with the show, I mean, we get, I get messages from people all the time that are like, I didn't know you can do any of this stuff, and now they're interested in it. And now, and that, that's what we were really trying to do is, is, normalize it and you know, spread the gospel for lack of a better word you know yeah it's, yeah uh, you know we've been one of the criticisms of the cannabis community is that we've been kind of preaching to the converted for a long time we hold rallies and events and we give moving speeches to people that already agree with us you know <laughs> not that there hasn't been don't get me wrong normal's done some amazing work there's mm-hmm. plenty plenty of mpp there's plenty of organizations that have done amazing work beside from that but I feel like with the introduction of cannabis uh, culture into mainstream media, there's just no comparison in reach and in, in who, who you're going to be exposed to and what, how many minds you're going to change and how many you know, followers you're going to kind of... Uh, Generate. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's really cool. I mean the you know when we when we I, I wasn't part of conceiving the show, but like as we were working through the first few episodes and trying to find our groove, we we settled on the idea that the show is eighty percent food, twenty percent weed, um, and the reason for that is because. Everybody eats, right? You know, people might stop on the show and they're like, "Oh, that looks delicious," or whatever. And then they then they watch it for a couple minutes and they're like, "Wait, what the fuck are they doing?" <laughs> um, and and it's and, and it's really cool. And, and that you know we've um, you know have like uh, this this upcoming session. It's like uh, season two B basically. We did twenty episodes, so we have ten more to air. Um, so this awesome. upcoming session, we have uh, you know an episode that we did with a bunch of ex NFL players and. They um, they were all linemen, these big giant guys, and and they uh, they're all retired. But they they were talking a lot about how you know cannabis and CBD um, and both. I mean CBD and THC um, have incredible healing effects for people like them. But one of the most striking things was you know one of them had a really traumatic neck injury and was like unable to walk and unable to take care of his daughter and all that sort of stuff. And he he was so depressed during that time that cannabis and dabs specifically he was doing dabs um were the only thing that kept him okay mentally like he was he he, he was like I, I may have like killed myself or done something stupid or gotten addicted to painkillers or any of these other things but he just he did not take painkillers he just dabbed and he eventually got his mobility back and then he played the next season you know um, so I mean, it's it's re- it's really powerful stuff. Um, you know, we had several chefs talk about their family members suffering from cancer and epilepsy and all this sort of. Stuff. It's it's very, you know, the the crossover is huge. There's culinary crossover. There's medical crossover. There's you know enjoyment crossover. There's cultural crossover. Um, so we're just at the beginning of getting all these new populations to understand how awesome cannabis is um you know florida i mean getting older people i mean that's that's a huge huge thing um because our old, you know we did an episode with our moms um i, I brought yeah, my mom yeah. and abdullah's mom on the show yeah, yeah. um and that that was super special because we did a cbd meal we got to talk about how you know cbd is a neuroprotectant and helps you know any older relatives you may have have a have a longer better life um so you know it's it, it's really it's really cool right we're at a really unique time people are developing all these new products and delivery methods and yeah, we're uh, it's super exciting, like you said, especially yeah. being out here in LA with this insane market and and the amount of money that's out here to drive innovation is is going to really make a difference because Colorado is a blip on the radar in terms of wealth. You know, I mean, there's there's some rich areas. There's one of the top richest counties in the country there, but other than that, it's not even comparable. So you know, people being able to throw forty, fifty million dollars at a concentrate production facility, for example, is one hundred percent a reality out here, and that's definitely going to make a product that's new or different or better or you know 
I don't know. Potential's huge. It's crazy. Yeah, it's exciting. It's <laughs> yep. exciting stuff, man. So tell me a little about your business ventures that you have going other than the show. I mean, uh, in, in Colorado, I know that you're affiliated, you're doing concentrates. You have a lab. Tell me about what's going on out there. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, relocating to LA. I, I still own a house in Denver, so I'll be kind of bouncing back and forth, but, and splitting time a little bit, but I, uh, I run the, uh, concentrate remedies facility. So, um, the, uh, our dispensary is natural remedies. We were one of the first, you know, 17 dispensaries in the state. Um, and we're the in-house processor for them. And then we also process for other companies around the state. So, um, you know, Bill is, is the supervisor over there and makes sure all the, all the quality comes out amazing. Um, and so that, that's kind of my day job, but I'm sort of stepping into a consulting role with that as I'm out here. And, uh, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be doing, I'm trying to do a lot of education stuff and I'm also trying to do a lot of, um, you know, culinary stuff. Um, I'm hoping to, you know, collaborate with some of the people I mentioned earlier, like Devin Tarby and some of the others to, you know, maybe formulate some beverages or do, you know, do big stuff like that because we, you know, what I've learned through this process is that cannabis is a big market. I mean, it's made, it's making a bunch of money and, but when you compare it to, you know, the food market or the, or the beverage market, yeah. it's, it's a, again, a blip on the radar. So, um, you know, my, my fascination with flavor has led me to want to extract flavors from cannabis and then make normal beverages with them that don't get you high, you know, yeah. <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, so I'm, I'm going to be working on a bunch of things, but I'm, I'm trying to, you know, with so many people being out here and, you know, even though there's been a medical industry out here for a long time, um, there's a ton of misinformation and a ton of misunderstandings and running rampant. And that, that's everywhere. But I mean, it's, um, I've really noticed it out here versus maybe Colorado, which is, um, you know, everybody has a really regimented way of explaining things. And, um, so I, I really want to be able to help explain things to people, help get people off on a better start so they can, they can skip over some of the products that are not so good and know what quality is and know how to, for example, open a jar of concentrate, smell it, look at it and make a very good determination of its quality, you know? And if you try something and it has an off flavor or whatever, you need to understand what that is for, for your safety, for your enjoyment, whatever. Um, so I'm going to do, do a lot of instructional video series and things like that. So that's awesome, man. I I look forward (laughs) to checking that out. I think we need to take a quick break, but and you and I will probably have to do a dab uh, during this break. Uh, Absolutely. But uh, we're definitely time for another dab, and we're going to take a quick break, but don't go anywhere. We'll, we'll be right back. We're blazing with Rye Pritchard <laughs> here on HashMod. <laughs> You're listening to Blazing with Bobby Black on Cannabis Radio. Are you disturbed by the prescription medication commercials on television and their endless list of side effects? They go on and on and you end up having to take multiple pills to counteract the problems caused by the first pill. It never ends. Have you looked into CBD as a more natural option? At Saturn Ranch, we produce all-natural CBD topicals and THC-infused edibles. Premium lab-tested hemp-derived CBD is the most important ingredient in our products. From topical bombs, salt scrubs, bath-soaking salts to tinctures and edibles, you're sure to find something to help. Family-owned and operated, we at Saturn Ranch believe in and use our products daily. Don't put anything on your body that you wouldn't put in your body. SaturnRanch.com Strainwise Consulting is the most sought-after consulting company for cannabis business applications and management contracts. We consulted on the first recreational license in the world and have had an over 95% success rate on applications submitted. The industry is growing at such an exponential rate that building a powerful and lasting cannabis business 
is a number one priority. Here's Strainwise's Sean Eubanks. In our first five years, we branded and supported nine medical and recreational marijuana dispensaries and approximately 160,000 square feet of sophisticated and efficient product cultivation. Strainwise Consulting has the experience and expertise to guide you through the process. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be. The Vuber way. Alright everybody and welcome back to Hash Month here on Belazin. I'm your host Bobby Black and we are once again broadcasting live from the Hitman Coffee Shop in Los Angeles. Our guest is one of the stars of the Viceland show, Bong Appetit, Mr. Rye Pritchard. So the last time I saw you was at Chalice uh, yeah. a couple of weeks ago and uh, I, I should mention that uh, that was a fun time. I got to uh, kind of crash the... Uh, VIP Cabana that Sensi Magazine was uh, hosting, and uh, you were there, and you were preparing some delicious frozen treats. Uh. Yeah, um, so I, uh, I I partnered with uh, my friends Jake and Sam. Um, they're uh, Jake Brown again, who I mentioned earlier, and and uh, his fiance Samantha. Um, they they have a competition called the Grow Off, where right, right. Um, you know growers enter with the same strains, and they they judge it on yield and potency and whatever. Um, so I went out to help them with their booth and and Sensi and everything else. And so I I was thinking like, what can I do? I was trying to do some kind of pairing or some kind of something because um, it was a Terp Quest thing. So uh, so I scratched my head and. And I came up with, you know, a reprisal of one of the first concepts that we ever did with uh, my my friend and chef Ian Kleinman. Um, he's an amazing molecular gastronomy guy, and he does, he has a liquid nitrogen dessert company in Denver called the Inventing Room. Um, so he inspired me. <laughs> you know, he didn't even know it, but he inspired me, and um, and I got a 180 liter doer of liquid nitrogen somehow delivered to Chalice and got it up on our elevated cabana, even though it weighed 900 pounds. Sick. And um, so I made liquid nitrogen sorbets and ice cream, and we did like frosé, which is like frozen rosé wine, and yeah. we made uh, you know cocktails and froze those and. Um, so yeah, it was super cool. It, oh, was, it yeah. was great. I mean, it was 109 degrees on day one, so I think, <laughs> I think everybody was pretty happy to have a frozen treat that they can just oh, come yeah. have. Yeah, it was um, amazing. And the watermelon—I had the watermelon rosé. That was uh, delicious. That, yeah, that's that's one of my favorites, man. That's uh, so that one was inspired by Devin Tarby, who I mentioned earlier. She she does this crazy wine drink where she like remakes wine with all these different components. So she like added grapefruit and watermelon and rosé to make like this uber rosé. It's like a fortified flavor rosé. It's wow. super amazing. So I, I was like, I should try to make that. So I hit watermelon rosé. It it's like rosé yeah. on steroids. Yeah, yeah, because you get those notes. You know, you get a little yeah. citrus. You get a little like sometimes stone fruit or stuff like that out of it. And so you can really accentuate that stuff. And that, that kind of thing is what makes me so excited about flavor is just the ability to take something that you know and love and make it so much cooler and you know, more original. So. Yeah, it's all about the Terps. <laughs> all about the Terps. So everybody always makes jokes, like, on, online and on Instagram and stuff, just, at, like, how, how many times a, an episode I say Terps. Yeah. <laughs> or Terpenes. Or, yeah, it, yeah it's, so. a new, it's a new dabbing game. You know, you have to dab every time. Right. Yeah. Terp. Yeah. Totally. That's funny. <laughs> 
Yeah, this stuff is amazing. Everything I've tried here has been so good. Yeah, I'm a, you know, I'm 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 pretty proud of the stuff we make. I mean, it's it's again all thanks to Bill. I mean, if if uh, if Bill hadn't come up with the, the way to make live resin on a commercial scale, um, you know, we I wouldn't be here right now. So yeah. it's uh, yeah, it's special. I was I was telling Bill as I was uh, I'm you know I'm packing and moving and shit. So I was like I like cleaned out my car and I, I found like maybe like. 15 vape pens like all these different <laughs> models and all these like in boxes yeah, yeah, out of box yeah. I'm just like I don't know where the charge I don't know if any of these things work I'm just like holy shit and then this whole time we've been like we really need a vape pen and I'm like because <laughs> I didn't bring any of them of course yeah it's funny it's crazy out here man I couldn't it's it's so just like knowing knowing the numbers that some of these companies are doing and stuff it's just like holy shit like they're just and they're doing it like not where everybody can buy weed. You know, you still have to go walk to the fucking boardwalk and get a, get a, get a card, you know. It's, so it's just like, you know, it's, it's going to be so much crazier when just any 21-year-old can fucking walk in. Yeah. <coughs> Vegas, too. I'm interested to see what's up. Yeah. I guess I haven't been down there since, <coughs> since legalization happened. Fully. Yeah, let's talk. <coughs> oh, that was, that was good. That was the uh, purple, purple goji, goji wreck. Yes, yeah, so it's a purple train rack and, and goji OG from Bodie. Yum. Yeah. So good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Vegas. <coughs> oh boy. Vegas. Uh, Vegas looks like it's it's popping too. They. I saw it was the funniest headline ever. Like, governor declares state of emergency two weeks after legalization. They're out of weed. And I know that that's not really what exactly what happened, but that's a funny <laughs> yeah. concept and headline. Like, I love it. Yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah, I heard I heard some some backroom talk that there was like some some lobby person that made that happen that like basically made the governor say that so that people would freak out and buy a bunch of more weed. <laughs> so you know, who who knows? Who knows? But yeah, um, yeah, no, it's it, it's it's cool. I mean, you know, one one thing that I always think about with Vegas is like the number of like tourists from Asia that go to Vegas is insane. And, like, those countries do not have access to cannabis at all. And there's, you know, people in Japan are, like, freaks for weed. I mean, a lot of them, like, love it. And yeah. they, they make some of the best glass and whatever. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, it, I think that's going to be a really cool impact to see how, you know, the ease of availability for someone who, you know, probably wouldn't be able to, like, find weed otherwise. <laughs> you know, walking around on the street, asking around or whatever. Being able to just go into a dispensary and buy it and get some education about it or whatever. I, I wonder if that's going to have any trickle-down effect, like... In China, if, if like there's gonna if a cannabis culture is gonna really start rolling in China, or you know, because it hasn't really happened because it's it's such a different culture than like Japan in terms of you know controlling the way people act and stuff. So it's it's very interesting to see like how how that might happen because I mean it's very striking when you're in Vegas. You're just like wow, it's like it's like all Asian tourists and it's you know and 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 it's cool and, and that that was the thing that I was most excited about personally is like trying to see what happens with that. No, that's so, an interesting know, cool. perspective and, and I think a valid one. Yeah, I mean, Vegas could be a, the key, the linchpin to like unlocking Asia cannabis culture in a way, or at least a major factor. Yeah, and, and I mean, Vegas is just such a destination. I mean, people, you know, people... And not come, just, yeah, not just Asia, other, many other countries as totally. well. Totally. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, pe people come to LA or people come to Colorado or whatever for, for different things, but it's like the number of, of tourists that go to Vegas is, is insane for such a, a small you know, area. <laughs> um, so, you know, the ability for some of these companies to really provide a, a good product, but be like education and really, you know, spread the, the right information could have a crazy impact across the world. Cause it's, they're going to see so much traffic from people that don't have access to medical cannabis like this or recreational. Yeah. Um, so 
yeah, I mean, it's, it's super cool. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see that. I'm excited to see what happens with, like, other places in the world, um, you know, because, I don't know. Again, California is going to make such a huge impact. Everybody around the world is going to yeah. say, like, well, if they can do it, anybody can do it, you know? Yeah. Um, so. Well, it's time for us to take another break, but stay tuned because we'll be right back here on Hash Month on Blazin. You're listening to Blazin with Bobby Black. Ignite the conversation on some trending topics along the Cannabis Radio social media network. Join our crew of thousands on our Cannabis Radio page on Facebook or at Canna Radio, C-A-N-N-A Radio on Twitter. Plus, look for our Facebook and Google Plus pages for all of our original programs and connect with Dr. Dina, Kyle Cushman, Dr. Mitch Earlywine, Nurse Heather, Doc Rob, the host of Gondrepreneur, and more. Connect with the growing Cannabis Radio social crusade at Canna Radio on Twitter or search for Cannabis Radio on Facebook, Google Plus, and Instagram and grow with us. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. Bought a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put the big celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is Himping, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Running a successful cannabis business isn't easy. Successful businesses need to have strong people to achieve long-term results. At Live Advisors, we believe people are the heart of business, and training people can help you infinitely grow your business. Learn more about our offerings at liveadvisors.com. Blazing with Bobby Black. And we're back. Bobby Black here with Rye Pritchard from Bong Appetit. So do you guys have plans to do more TerpQuest uh, or other types of events like pairings and whatnot that would be people would be able to get tickets to or, or something of that nature? Are you doing like any events? Um, yeah, I mean, we're going to be, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get get my footing here in L.A., so I'm, I'm trying to figure out venues and possible partners to work with for that. But, um, but yeah, we're definitely going to do some more stuff in Denver. We're going to do stuff in L.A., do stuff in the Bay Area. Um, I'll be sure, you know... Uh, my, my Instagram is Cannabis Encyclopedia, so everybody can, can check there, and I'll, I'll be sure to let people know when, when stuff like that happens. Um, TerpQuest also has an Instagram, which is just at TerpQuest. But, uh, yeah, so, w- you know, we're, we're trying to do some really elevated experiences. We're trying to do things that are sen- sensoral and deeper than just sitting down and having a nice dinner with cool people. Yeah. You know, as cool as that is, you know, we, yeah. we want to make it, make it a little richer because the thing about cannabis is that it enhances every type of experience. You know, when you listen to music, when you look at art, um, a- any of that stuff is, is enhanced. So I, I think that's, that's what we're going to try to do with a lot of the dinners. Cool. Well, you know, I uh, if you ever have an empty seat, <laughs> don't, you have my number, bro. I'm I'm down anytime. You know, I actually learned something uh, interesting about you that I didn't know. I kind of was uh, checking out your Facebook page a little before the interview just to, you know, see see what you had on there. Yeah. Not that I didn't know you, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there's always facts that you don't know. So. And I read that you um, studied philosophy. 
in college. <laughs> yeah, that's and my... And uh... I was really impressed by that because I've been a big fan of philosophy. I've read a lot of uh, philosophy over the years, and uh, and I always enjoy a good philosophical conversation. So I was... Sure. Uh, tell me about that. What made you choose philosophy? Um, well, so, yeah, I was, a, I was a political science major, and then I... You know, it was it was right around the time you know uh, W was president and things like that when I entered college. So I was a little fired up, as you can imagine. So um, that's why I, I ended up with a political science degree. But uh, philosophy, I, I took a took a class. It was just a requirement or whatever. And and I met a, a, a professor there who was really really spectacular. And I was just like, wow, this is easily one of the smartest people I've ever met in my life, you know, and just the way she talked and carried herself, I just knew she was special, so I, I, I wanted to take more classes with her, and then, you know, at that point, I was halfway to a minor, so I'm like, screw it, um, but I, you know, I guess what really, um, what I really like about both of those disciplines is, is that, and what I gained from it, like, I'm obviously not a politician or a philosopher right now, but... Only, when I get really high, I'm a little bit of a philosopher, but, um, you know, I, I have a quote unquote useless degree, but what it, what it did for me was like, help me understand how to, you know, see the world, how, how to communicate with people, how to express ideas, how to, you know, distill information into something more simple, um, which is largely my job now. <laughs> so, um, it, it really, you know, I, I fell in love with like, um, Spinoza. Spinoza was, um, the way that, you know the the framework of, of his thinking was was just resonated with me on a base level. The um, you know and just just doing different thought experiments and thinking, com- comparing how a shift in one perspective can completely color your entire worldview. You know that's what I really learned with with philosophy. Is like you you tweak one thing, you tweak like oh is our soul. Uh, you know, are we free spirits or are we subject to some, you know, sort of control or some sort of unfolding of the universe? And those basic things like color the way that you interact with every single person. And so, you know, having that experience, being able to talk to people, I can glean some of that stuff just from the way they communicate. And that's that's what's so powerful. I think about philosophy is is it's it's a it's a key to human understanding. You know. Yeah, and it's a way to it's a way to cultivate wisdom, you know. Yeah, and it's I mean it's really interesting, you know, when when we look at you know modern society, like the people that that are quote unquote followed are primarily followed on social media or followed because they're on TV or things like that. It's it's not you know there there are people that are that are still philosophizing and and have have adherence or whatever, but you know the the comparison to you know, somebody on TV saying, hey, look, this is cool. I'm Look, I'm wearing this. This is what's cool. And having somebody, like, talk about the very foundation of the universe. And, like, like it, it, I don't feel like that happens as much. I feel like we're so we're so busy as a modern society. We don't think about those things anymore. We're just like, oh, i got to be here at 10 o'clock. So, it, you know, what? well, why do you have to be there at 10 o'clock? No, nobody has time to think about that shit. If it, wasn't, if it wasn't um, for Neil deGrasse Tyson and Morgan yeah. Freeman, where would we be? And, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, Morgan Freeman's up to like three or four different shows now through the <laughs> wormhole, and yeah. then he went to, and then it was uh, now he's got something about God, and he's just like, yeah. who is God, and what's going on with him? And, you know, he's just <laughs> what's like, God's deal? He's breaking yeah. it down. He's got physics. He's got space. He's yeah. got he, Morgan Freeman is turning into a guru before our eyes, a new age guru. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's it's um, yeah, it's it's super cool. I mean, I. I you know, I, the pursuit of knowledge is something that I really care about, and I think that's why I ended up as political science and philosophy and all that stuff. Is just because it's, you know, you're just trying trying to get to the core of a thing, you know, and and that's what I try to do with cannabis. Once I found this, I was I was like, you know, I want to understand this. I want to understand how it works. I want to understand how people interact with it. So I think it's all part of the same thing. You know? Yeah. 
and uh, with with um, uh, it's gone. I totally had this great point, and then I just the dabs it. got him. Yeah, the dabs got me. <laughs> Shit. It all goes back to the dabs. <laughs> Always. Oh, well, happens to the best of us multiple times so, a day. <laughs> we should uh, probably uh, start wrapping things up uh, soon. But uh, Bill, now that you're back, uh, welcome back. Thank you. So before we go, tell everybody where they can find you online and you know and what you have coming up that they should be looking out for. Yeah. Um, so we uh, we did 20 episodes of Bong Appetit for season two. So um, starting, I believe, September 6th, you'll see the final 10 episodes that we did. Um, they're, I think, the best episodes we've made. Um, I know everybody says that about their new thing, but we, we really we really did some cool stuff. We, um, we had some incredible chefs on. Um, so definitely watch that on Viceland. Um, and then uh, it's uh, every Wednesday at... At 8:30, um, and there's shit tons of reruns. So if you missed it, you can always you can always stay on. They'll do eight-hour marathons all the time, which is amazing. Um, so yeah, check out Bong Appetit. I'm uh, on Instagram. I'm at Cannabis Encyclopedia. Um, same uh, on Twitter. I'm at Cannabis Encyclo because Twitter has short, stupid usernames. And uh, on Facebook, I'm just Ry Pritchard. So. Um, I have a website and all that stuff. So if you ever want to order photo prints, you can definitely do that on my website. I have a huge gallery of stuff. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, you know, we'll have lots of stuff coming on. Check out Turp Quest. There will be parties popping up all around the country. Yeah, <laughs> right on. Yeah, um, you can find me on Instagram at uh, KindVille. And uh, I, that's about the, the extent of my media presence, you know. <laughs> that's um, okay. I am still a little old school. I'm having Rye help me out with that. We're kind of pushing forward. Um, obviously, you know, my, my projects at, at Quest Concentrates and at uh, CRX, yep. easy is just to follow their sites. Uh, and also Kindo Concentrates has its Instagram as well, so definitely follow that. We're trying to get followers there. So Yeah, right <laughs> yeah go check us out. We're, we're coming. Um, you know, you can see the garden. You can see what's happening in the lab. I'll uh, make sure that there are links to all of your projects and websites on our Facebook page as well, facebook.com slash Black. Bill, Rye, thank you guys so much for sitting down with us at the coffee shop today and, and hanging out and talking about your life and your projects, man. It's, uh, it's awesome to see where, where things are headed and where you guys are right at the forefront. So, you know, Godspeed, man. Yeah, thank you so much. Likewise. Man. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> Well, that concludes Hash Month here on Blazin'. I hope you all found it uh, entertaining and educational, and I hope you will all continue to tune in and talk up with us throughout the rest of the summer. Don't forget you can find links to everything we talk about here on Blazin' on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Black. Don't forget to follow me on social media, Twitter at Bobby Black, Facebook and Instagram at BobbyBlack420. Please join us again next week when I will have Uncle Stoner Bobby West blazing with me here in the studio. Until then, this is Bobby Black saying, blaze on and peace off. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.